You're listening to the Taming Hindrances Podcast. Conversations about self-awareness and mental health, as well as a dive into this thing known as spirituality. We talk about everything and anything on the podcast, so come get triggered. Welcome to another episode of the Taming Hindrances Podcast. As always, my name is Phil. I'm the host and creator of the podcast, and today's episode is entitled Discipline. Um, I've been getting away from some of the things that I started this podcast out with. Uh, I went on this, you know, weird trip into spirituality, trying to figure out what that was all about, talking about chaos and uh, creation, order and destruction, the primordials, this mind-body connection, the uh, mind-spirit connection, the different functions and names for those types of uh, translation points with the body. And I thought, you know... Maybe I should get back to my roots a little bit. Maybe I should get back to some of the things that I started off my journey with and that might help other people as far as, you know, places to look, um, things to think about. This whole process came about from uh, a thing I I once wanted to create, which was uh, Think, Taming Hindrances in Neural Kinetics. That's actually where the name Taming Hindrances comes from for the podcast. It also has something to do a little bit with um, the hindrances in Buddhism, but I had this idea in mind of teaching people how to think, you know, teaching people about their own minds. And all of that came from all the work I had done to kind of understand my own mind and to also teach martial arts uh, students and work with other martial artists in learning about the forms and the history and the philosophies. Uh, and then farther beyond that, learning about you know, theology and f- other philosophy standpoints, not just Zen Buddhism or Chan Buddhism, but the Stoics that I had started my uh, life out with for the most part. And then learning, you know, like Neoplatonism and other formats, Jainism as a both a philosophy and also a theology and just different understandings of other people's minds that help me incorporate a better understanding of my own mind and the way it worked and the connections that built everything I've done with this podcast so far, all 60, now 65 episodes of it. And so recently I had gone into um, the Waypoint episode, episode 59, which was just kind of like a cumulative catch up as I do often or not. Um, and then I talked about history in the void and then wrong. And then I got into war and pain and these all correlate into something that I studied very early on in my martial arts career, but also something that I chased after as a young youth, uh, you know, my teenage years, I was very much influenced by the Japanese culture um, anime was a mind blowing thing to me when I was a kid. Uh, and I say kid as a, you know, a teenager, young adolescent, it was a medium that I had never experienced before. I wasn't really big into comics and, uh, the American style of it all, but something about anime really caught my attention. And then I delved into the Japanese culture and the history and, I, you know, was infatuated with the understanding of the samurai and the way of the warrior. And, you know, young kid, you get into those things. I want to buy a samurai sword and I want to do those, uh, you know, do those types of things. I, I I wanted to dive into a culture, not 
knowing back then that I completely misunderstood what it was to dive into a culture, that this understanding of the samurai that we had in the Western world was a romanticization of it all. And so we get this understanding of how we romance things, how we build things up in our minds that maybe aren't correct or maybe not the right way to look at something. And so oddly enough, through that romanticization and my infatuation infatuation with the Japanese culture, it branched out into all of the, you know, Eastern cultures. I, I became very much infatuated with Chinese culture and Korean culture, um, Thai culture. And that branched much more further out when I started my martial arts career in earnest. Um, you know, I, I never had the means or ability to train martial arts until I was about 18. But before that, I was, you know, trying to download stuff off the internet, uh, like hand guides and manuals and watching random videos. But my real instruction started right around when I was about 18. And it changed me fundamentally as a person because I weren't, I learned one specific thing that I had no idea I was lacking. And that is discipline. And so the definition for discipline, thank you, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. Although, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary, you have changed your format, and I'm not sure if I like it as much as I liked the old format. So maybe we could have a talk about that. But discipline is defined as control gained by enforcing obedience or order, orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior, also known as self-control. Discipline is also defined as punishment. Further, training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. That's what I underwent quite a bit of. A field of study, a rule or system of rules governing conduct or activity, and the obsolete term is defined as instruction. It's very, you know how I am about archaic definitions or obsolete definitions. I like them. They're interesting. This one's fascinating to me that the obsolete definition for discipline is instruction. To be instructed or to do instruction. The verb is defined as to punish or penalize for the sake of enforcing obedience and perfecting moral character. A slightly different version of number three uh, as a noun, training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. Mm, pretty similar. Just two differentiations, verb and noun, action and item. Um, also defined as a verb to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self control to bring uh, a group specifically under control to impose or, or, or order upon. It's another um, definition of discipline. So a couple things I want to pick out here. One top line, well, not top line, but one C Miriam Webster's dictionary, self-control, right? Obsolete. Number six, instruction. Verb, to train or develop by instruction and exercise, especially in self-control, or also the noun, number three, training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. We live in a day and age where discipline is, well, gone, I will say. Um, I might be too early to the reference here, but discipline is gone. It's died. We have lost the ability to discipline ourselves, to control ourselves, or to impose moral and correct action as instruction. 
This lack of discipline does something to a populace that is historically referenced many, many times. Um, the fall of the Roman Empire, the Greek tragedies, um, the North, or sorry, Norse um, stories, you know, constantly talk of a lack of discipline. They warn against a lack of discipline. I think overall we will be able to draw some conclusions to what lack of discipline does, not only to the individual, but to the populace and then to the grander scheme over top of that, right? And I'm going to do that hopefully by making light of quite a few things. I think we take things way, way too seriously nowadays. And even that is a form of discipline. That is actually a reference to my own life. I took everything so seriously. Oh, 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 man, did I take things seriously. I wanted everyone to like me, and I was willing to lie to get that done. I took a slight as a just an absolute crushing blow to my my personality, to who I was fundamentally. I I was just so wish-washy, and it was uh, it was horrible. It was it was absolutely horrible to be completely honest about it. It it led to so much strife that I changed myself on a regular basis to fit the wants of other people. And now I've said many times in this podcast, you don't get what you want, you get what you need. So I was giving people what they wanted instead of what they needed. Some people in my life needed me just to be myself. And I, I have failed many, many times at doing that for them. I, I've failed to be me. In fact, any relationship I've been in has been a failure to be myself. Uh, that's why, I, you know, they failed ultimately because I, I failed to be myself. And that's a form of discipline. I didn't know that at the time. I know that now. And my martial arts career got me there and still does to this day. It still keeps me disciplined in some way or another. But we'll get into that a little later. When I think back at all of the things I did to impress someone or be interesting to someone or just to get someone to talk to me or like me, it was a lack of discipline that allowed me to bend the reality of who I was, to mold or to form myself into what they wanted me to be, not what they needed me to be. My mother needed me to be a responsible child. And I did that to a degree, but I also didn't ever really give my family, specifically my mother, any reference to who I was as a person. I was just hiding it. I was lying about it. I was coming up with stories and trying to counter-reference the story to the story as all, you know, liars do. They try to make this web of lies up that they have to live in then. And it just was a mess. But not only with that, there was also the side that there was no discipline to my family. Uh, discipline was a punishment. And yes, Merriam-Webster's Dictionary covers that just the second definition here for the noun of a you know discipline is to is punishment but the punishments were fleeting at best and they often had no actual repercussive action and eventually due to just my size and nature uh, I grew beyond the ability to punish me there was there wasn't really a way to punish me in that regards and it's not that I was a bad kid Shit, I was a depressed kid. I, you know, was self-harming and wanted to be left alone and was hiding as much as I could. Um, but instead of 
punishing me for lack of application to my grades. They didn't care about that really. So they never looked into it. They just thought like, oh, he's a smart kid. He's getting, he must be getting good grades. No, I was getting terrible grades. I wasn't applying myself in any way. So there's no, there was no punishment to the things that I should have been doing. There was punishments to the things that weren't really harming me all that much. Staying up late on the computer to 1, 2 a.m. Yeah, okay, I was tired for class. And, you know, sometimes I got up late or, you know, stuff like that. But I was generally studying things. I was generally fascinated by this thing known as the internet that I could just go on and read about all sorts of different philosophical or theological talk, all those things that I talked about that I wanted to study that was there, was at my fingertips. And so once I got my hands on it, I, I didn't want to let go of it. Now, that's twofold, right? So there was no discipline to my action and there was no discipline of my action. And that's a big distinction I want you to make. I want you to make a huge distinction between the disciplines of your actions and the discipline of or to your action, right? So discipline of your action or to your action. Was there a discipline of your action? Were you disciplining yourself or was there a discipline to your action? Did your actions cause a disciplinary effect? These are fundamental questions of self-awareness and mental health. Fundamental questions to self-awareness, I believe starts with some sort of understanding of a discipline. At the very base level, it's the fact that we need to discipline ourselves. If you are relying on someone else to discipline you, you are a child, and thus you are simply learning. If the actions that you are undertaking require a redirection or a fine-tuning by an outside influence, you're a child. That is a measurement of what a child requires. Children look to us to correct their actions. Unfortunately, we do that fairly poorly. Um, you know, not everyone's terrible at it, but a lot of people are because they don't necessarily remember or understand what it is like to be a child for a very specific reason. From the ages of zero to seven, a child is generally in a theta brainwave state. And that theta brainwave state is a memorization state. They're simply trying to train themselves to act like the bigger versions that they're surrounded by. Now, children in the humanity are a little bit different than children out in the wild, right? So the puppy or the kitten, specifically the kitten, doesn't take very long to go from being a kitten to a cat, right? It's adolescent time frame is very short. A kitten grows up very quickly. And so we look at that and through all, you know, not just the house pets, but a colt, you know, um, a, a baby horse, um, the lion cub or the baby wildebeest, which I don't know the name of, but these animals, these animals, they don't have a long time frame of being in the memorization period. I should say it that way, I guess. So a child in the human world has plenty of time to like learn things and memorize, you know, well, I mean, kind of, we give them like 18 years. That's kind of this weird reference we have really it's the ages of one to seven, sometimes nine, depending. Uh, if we want to be super, um, giving, it would be the ages of seven to 11. So zero to somewhere between seven and 11. Every seven to 11 years, our body 
uses all the cells in it and there's apoptosis. The cells are remade. Um, some areas faster than others, but it's somewhere, somewhere around seven, 11 years, you're turning over all the cells in your body. So from zero to seven to 11, you've generally regrown all the cells in your body and become a new person. You're now a actual physically act at the cellular level, new thing. And in that time period, we're using this theta brainwave state, which is where we do deep, you know, mind probing learning, but at like a dreamy state, that's kind of like the daydreamy state you might get into the flow state, if you will, in some cases, although that has a little bit of a higher range because it's actually an active state. But with that, the child's just, it's just learning and paying attention. So it requires outside force to correct any incorrect actions. That's what the animal kingdom does with its children. It corrects incorrect actions and teaches them by showing them. When it comes to human children, we often mess up in the regards the I've used this analogy before, but when the kid looks at you picking up the gallon of milk and just pouring them a gallon of milk and putting the milk jug back down, we've never taught them between that point and, you know, them learning it, that their little bodies are not built to do what our big bodies are doing. It takes them much longer to gain that type of strength. Children are very, very weak. I've heard stories that they're very resilient. If you drop them, they bounce and, you know, they bounce back pretty quickly from injuries. I don't interact with a lot of children, but in, you know, some of my martial arts experience, we had kids around that were training and yeah, they're, they're pretty resilient. The difference is though, they're very, very weak, specifically in case of something like me, I'm 260 pounds. Yeah. I'm only five foot 10, but you know, I'm generally large. Uh, when it comes to the average populace size strength and power wise. Yeah. I'm pretty far up there. I'm not going to say I'm in like the top 10 percentile or anything like that, but I can generate a massive amount of force in a short window. And so if you look at just the strength comparison, children are like ants to me. They're just tiny little things they are delicate and I don't want to go anywhere near them because I might crush them. I generally avoid children. <laughs> just, uh, just That's my thing. Um, cause I look like a jungle gym and they think I'm a jungle gym. So nope, go find your parents. Anyway, that piece of information is not something they've learned. They haven't learned that their tiny little bodies aren't as capable as our very large bodies. And so without that memorization of learning piece, we discipline them based on the fact that they drop the milk. Whereas we should be disciplining ourselves to teach them correctly. And that's my long-winded analogy about how is your actions being disciplined? Is there discipline of your actions or is there discipline to your actions? Are you disciplining your actions? Are you looking through the list, coming up with some either a logical or maybe even a creative standpoint of, okay, well, you know, I taught the kid how to judge its strength based upon the items it's using comparatively to teaching the kid to memorize the things I'm doing so that they can mimic my action, but they're one tenth the power I am either. Both of those have disciplinary action to them. Typically we measure on the, on the former we, I'm sorry, on the latter, we, we measure on the, well, I showed them how to do it. Why can't, why didn't they do it correctly? Well, cause you didn't teach them one very important part of that, which was you are very tiny and I am very large, which is, 
typically how I like to teach children, specifically when it came to punching things that hit you back when you hit them. When you hit a punching bag, it hits you back. It's called the law of equivalent exchange as far as force and Newtonian physics, uh, which is relative and relative physics are relative, blah, 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 blah. I could go on another rant. I'm trying not to do that as much as possible. But when I teach or taught some children, and children to me were like in the teenage group range, but they were children to me anyway. You hit something, it hits you back. When I hit something, it hits me back with the equivalent of force that I can generate comparative to what they can generate. But the mass of the item also is important. If you punch a wall, it's going to hit you back much harder than the nice, soft, cushy bag over there that's designed for you to hit it, right? So it's disciplinary action. They learned their lessons when they punched incorrectly or kicked incorrectly or, you know, did something that was incorrect, but we didn't discipline them with yelling and shouting and screaming or being mad at them. You know, we might've yelled or been forceful. Well, we didn't do a lot of yelling. We might've been forceful, but we weren't ever mad at them. And that was a combination of discipline of action and discipline to action. I was disciplinary in the way I was trained. I was also learning how to discipline the way in which I trained it myself. And so my teachers rarely had to discipline my actions. They needed to just simply show me discipline. And I know that's all a little complicated in the sense of the verbiage and the words I'm using, but it gets into things like Zen Buddhism and Chan Buddhism and the meditation practices that go into that. There is this understanding of discipline. Now, specifically going back to youthful me, fascinated with the Japanese culture. Samurais, amazing, until I learned more about them. But there was this understanding of the Japanese warrior and throughout history, I mean, it is often referenced, any culture that came into contact with the Japanese samurai, um, fundamentally a different type of warrior than what most people were used to. We have the Spartan soldiers, we have the Japanese samurai, um, yeah, these are, I mean, I guess I could get into a little bit of that. Let me break that down a little bit because it's important to the understanding of discipline, specifically because I've talked about war and pain recently. Every culture typically has what's known as the warrior class. Now, it's much different than it used to be, and I'm not going to get into all of the semantics there, but the warrior class is someone whose profession is warfare. I would argue in that regard, their profession is discipline because you must be a disciplined individual to go into war. But Phil, what about the berserkers of the North Pan or the Northern Germanic tribes? Highly disciplined individuals. Um, berserkers were a specific type of individual who was able to literally turn off the fear concept in their mind. They were so disciplined in mental states that they were able to jump over a shield wall or be sometimes thrown over a shield wall to fight in the non-vanguards. You have the two vanguards, they would hit each other. A berserker were either to flank or go over the vanguards to fight in the back of the vanguard and attack the enemy from behind. On their own, in just the bloodlust state, right? 
that takes a lot of discipline to literally turn off the entire fear complex to be like, yeah, no, go ahead. Throw me over sword, shield, metal, body, blood. Just throw me over all that screaming and yelling and then leave me on my own in the midst of people who I'm now surrounded by who want to kill me. Just go ahead and do that. Yeah, no problem. Cool. That takes a lot of discipline, right? So we have the warrior class that are highly disciplined individuals because their job is war. So when I say the Spartans and the samurai and uh, I could go on, the list would go on, right? So we have uh, the counter-terrorist organizations, the Mossad of Israel. We have uh, multiple different classes of the American military complex. Um, you know, we have Rangers and we have um, Marines and we have, you know, I, I don't mean to leave anyone out here, but we have these individual class structures that are like their job is war. You know, um, in some cases we just call them operators, but every culture, every society has had some degree of this with that. We can talk about discipline, right? We can talk about, Training that corrects, molds, or perfects the mental faculties or moral character. When you start to understand that everything we do in modern society is war, I've talked about that in episode 63, two episodes ago, it becomes very important for us to learn discipline. Now, in the Samurai's reference, discipline was part of the eightfold or eight... Um, virtues or correctness of a, uh, I forget what the exact terminology of it is, but um, it's the, the eight d defining principles of what it meant to be samurai. Uh, number eight essentially talks about discipline. Now in my training, I came across the book of five rings by um, Miyamoto Musashi or Musashi Miyamoto-san. Um, in the book of five rings, the book of five, the five rings are broken up into four elements plus the fifth element of the void. Something I talked about back in episode 61. Miyasashi talks about what it is to be a warrior, essentially. But really, overarchingly, he's talking about discipline. From the way to build it, to the way to cultivate it, to the way to exercise it. And that sticks out quite readily in something like Zen Buddhism, which is what the fifth book in the book of five rings um, or what the fifth ring is, is the book of the void, which is essentially him talking about the influence of Zen on his style, on his way of life and the understanding of this thing known as the void. Right? So with that understanding that this famous samurai wrote a book specifically about cultivating, using, and understanding discipline. We can look at all of the martial practices that way. Every martial art is in some way an action of self-awareness, of learning about yourself and disciplining yourself and doing something you don't want to do. And that's why I say modern society discipline is now dead it's gone we've lost it we set it aside and yes there are plenty of people out there going to the gym and you know keeping a disciplinary set but 
what I mean there to say is discipline of a society, of a, of a unit, of a community is gone, dead. It is now up to the individual to have discipline. There is no grand overarching scheme that is going to provide discipline to you. That has now died in the modern society. When that occurs, fall of the Roman Empire, the end of the um, Mongol reign, the end of the Ming Dynasty in China, the end of the Warring State period of Japan, um, when the, I'll call it the necessity in some of those cases for discipline of a society at the macrocosmic scale, the large scale, the non-individual scale goes away, there is a downfall to the society. There is a downfall to the empires, to the social order, all of these things. Because there is literally no way for the individual to acquire the understanding of right, wrong, moral, ethical, all of those things goes right out the, out the window. I would say if you go and you read Kant or if you read um, specifically read Thomas Hobbes' The Leviathan, they mention, or even, um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. Um, if you read those pieces or some, specifically The Leviathan by Thomas Hobbes, there is this almost required nature to humanity that they talk about that discipline is a requirement that discipline discipline may come as a, a government. It may come as a punishment structure, a penal structure of, you know, if you do wrong, you'll be punished, but it's a, it's an understanding across the board of like, Oh, okay. There is this discipline structure. And if I simply discipline myself, I'll never have to interact with that level of it. I'll never have to interact with the grander, you know, level of law, level of penal system, level of government, level of, I'll never have to interact with that specifically negatively. And I know I, I don't, I try to keep connotation out of it, but that is the understanding of discipline inside of a large society is to not interact. I don't want to have to interact with it at that level. That's because it's a safety net. It's there that if someone else does it with me and I simply show discipline then I'll never have to worry about the discipline from the top. That's gone in modern society. It no longer exists. The rule of law, the trust in governments, the trust in ruling bodies. Um, there's this, the trust system has died. That's really what we're talking about. When we're talking about discipline. We're talking about the trust system. And so going back to the definitions here to kind of, you know, bring ourselves a little back around Control gained by enforcing obedience or order. That's what I'm talking about. Orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior. Also what I'm talking about. Now, this last piece here, self-control. That's where I think that definition is both the macrocosm and the microcosm here. We've lost the first two. There is no trust in the control gained by enforcing obedience or order. It doesn't exist anymore. The rule of law has broken. There's too many questioning actions. There's too much bullshit and just just nonsensical ridiculousness and ludicrousness going on. And I use ridiculous and ludicrous in the term of like, it's laughable. Some of the things that the government powers and 
large institutions, three-letter organizations, and powerful, influential people talk about. It's laughable. It's so preposterous, it's laughable. The problem with that, though, is that the individual has not disciplined themselves. So the self-control piece is lacking. People, the reason it's broken is because people are now looking to the three-letter organizations, the government structures, the higher influential people, the people on Instagram, the influencers. They're looking to them for what is the norm of discipline. That's a completely misrepresented statement. Or not, I'm sorry, misrepresented idea to look for discipline. Discipline comes from the individual. If you have to rely on the outside source, you're a child. That's what I was talking about. If you have to look to some other, an organization, a person, uh, you know, Instagram, uh, Twitter, Facebook, if you have to look towards that to come up with some sort of understanding, if you are doing right, wrong, or, you know, correct action, a moral ethical dilemma, if you have to look towards that, you're not a disciplined individual, which means you are classified as a child. You are still learning. You are still trying to seek out, well, if I do this, what's supposed to happen? We have a lot of people who think they're adults acting as children right now in modern society. And that's, that's why I say discipline has died. It has gone away because that's not how discipline works. You go from being a child to being an adolescent, from an adolescent to being a youth, if you want to call it that, a teenager to a young adult. You can classify it however many different ways you want, but there is a progressive progression system here. And part of that progression system is that you must learn your own disciplinary action. You have to keep yourself in check. You have to, for the sake of self-awareness and even mental health, learn self-control, learn balance, learn temperance, which was almost the conversation I was going to have was talking about temperance and finding the balance because it's one of the tarot cards. It's one of the major arcana. It's very important. But I settled on this idea of discipline because discipline is balance. We have both the discipline of the group and the setting and the overarching structures, the earth, the universe, the fundamental laws of physics, and also ourselves, right? If we don't want to be disciplined by gravity, don't throw yourself off of high things. That is gravity disciplining you. It has a rule or system of rules governing conduct or activity. That is one of the definitions of discipline. It's number five, a rule or system of rules governing conduct or activity. Well, the, the idea of gravity has a system of rules that govern it, right? What goes up must come down, Newtonian physics. We may at some point in time learn how to, or I'm sure, pretty sure at this point we already know how to, but anyway, we may learn how to disregard the, that system and create our own system. We're humans after all. We like to break rules and bend things to our will if, if possible, but if you don't have the means or methodology for that, nor or if you don't even have the understanding of it, when you go to jump off a building, you are going to fall and you are going to learn discipline. Now, it might only be four feet and maybe you twist an ankle. Maybe it's two stories and you break a leg or a limb. Maybe it's 16 stories and you die. Okay, I'm not sugarcoating shit anymore. That's how the rules work. Somehow along the line, we lost that understanding. We lost the understanding of, oh, there are these systems and governing activities that put out these rules that we either can follow or we can disregard. And somehow by disregarding them, it's everything else's fault that bad things happen to us. That's absolute bullshit. 
It's just absolute ludicrous hysteria of just, it's just, it's laughable. It's ridiculous without ridicule. All right. So in this losing discipline inside of a, a, a larger societal group, we lose also the ability to reason and function in teaching discipline. If I don't have the rules of the, uh, the dojo or the studio or, you know, whatever it is in martial arts, wherever you're practicing, if I don't have the rules and structures of that, we can't teach effectively. That's why we use them. We use the representation of respect, bowing to your sensei, bowing to your sifu, bowing to your instructor, bowing to your classmates, your elder and you know younger, being respectful by that nature. Uh, in Chinese martial arts, there's hantan shan shao, which is to the teacher-student relationship. Uh, but it also governs other relationships. The the older individual, you know, we might have, um, so you have your Sifu, which is your, your teacher, uh, but you also have your Simo. That's your teacher's wife or teacher's spouse. Um, Sipo, I think is the other way around. If it's a female instructor with a, a male spouse, you know, so we have words for that and you respect them at that level that, that that's our teacher's spouse, right? There's a word for children. I can't remember what it is, but also we have things like, um, Sihing. Seeing his elder brother, but everything has to do with the family unit. So it's an, it's a male elder individual in the class that has been there a little bit longer than you probably holds a higher rank than you. And so you, but in my system, I actually had a black belt at one point and had seeings who were still only orange or yellow belts. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but there was a couple of brown belts that hadn't quite gotten their black belt yet. I didn't lord my black belt over them. I was respectful that they had been there longer than I had. They've been training with this, these group of people longer. So they are my seeing. Um, you have, there's just, you know, we have Si Gong, which is my teacher's teacher. So all of these different interplays in the Japanese arts, you have the sensei and you have, um, oh, I'm lacking my terminology. I apologize. But there are, um, I'll think of it. I'll think of it. I promise. <laughs> I shouldn't make any promises. I hate making promises. But um, there's there's specific um, endings to titles that apply the idea that, oh, you know, they're an elder individual in the class. They, they're, they've been here longer than me. But also then we have the actual age representation. So all of these things are built into... Um, senpai. There we go. <laughs> Took me a little while. Uh, they're all built into this respect structure, which creates order inside the classroom so that when we all line up to bow, everyone lines up by their belt structure and that the, you know, they, they bow and the, but then with that structure, we, the higher belts are up front and the lower belts are in the back. When you teach a class, the higher belts are in the front and the lower belts are in the back. So the lower belts have all of these people in front of them that they can follow and, and follow along with and watch and do the forms with and look and go. And then there's corners. Uh, and when I teach Tai Chi, there's always corners. So, or I should say when I used to have a full class, now I just teach Tai Chi on my own and I don't have corners. But uh, corners are the individuals who is literally in the corners, the four corners of the class. And so if the person who's a new belt, we put them in the middle of the class. That's how you teach Tai Chi to a group. We line up, we do our bow, and then also when we go to practice the forms, we take the younger 
students, the ones that have not been there as or as experienced, the lower belts, and we put them in the middle of the class because Tai Chi moves in all directions. So because they're in the very center, the nuclei, they're in the nucleus, if we move to the left, they can see maybe me or the, the front left corner. If we move to the right, they can see if we, if I, you know, if the whole form spins around and they lose sight of me, they can pick up the back right corner or the back left corner. They always have a point of reference because they're a child. They're a student. When you go higher up in the belt ranks, you become an instructor. And now you're responsible for being that corner. No, you're not leading the class, but you're responsible to be doing your actions correctly, not goofing off or fucking off, so that when the student, the child, turns and looks to you, you're there, and you get to be like, you know, oh, maybe, oh, hey, raise this, raise that. You might even just cue them in just a little bit, like raise that arm just up a little bit, and or you're holding the pose a little longer or the move a little longer. So the people who are just kind of trying to figure it out, get that, that reference of like, Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. I see what they're doing now. I see how they got there. Or maybe I had really good corners uh, when I taught Tai Chi that they would be just a little behind on purpose. They'd be doing the form just a little bit slower and a little bit more behind so that as someone turned into a move that maybe they didn't quite understand, they could pick up the corner moving into that move and see how they got there. That's being responsible. That's being disciplined, not doing whatever the hell you wanted to do. This was not your time. When we teach group classes, it's not your time to train. It's your time to train others. That is discipline. Those people were disciplining themselves. And I had to do the same thing that those people were disciplining themselves to not do the form the way they wanted to, to do the form correctly in the way that others could use it to reference to then become better at the form themselves. And that does not exist in today's society. In today's modern world, we look to these three-letter organizations, we look to our governing bodies, we look to these people in higher power, these influencers on social media, and they're not disciplining themselves to teach us correctly. They're not using proper methodologies of the scientific method. They're not not taking bribes. They're not, you know, they're not doing anything that doesn't benefit them. They're not suffering or taking the hard route or, you know, slowing things down, explaining things, taking time out of their day. They're not doing any of this shit. They're simply getting rich, getting more famous and fucking things up constantly. The nepotism is ridiculous. It's all ludicrous. The arguments are inept and insane at this point. Insanity being defined as doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. It, it's ridiculous. It, it's simply laughable. And so the discipline at the top does not exist. So the discipline at the bottom will wane and it will start to fizzle out. Now, there is a way to save that from happening. That's to discipline yourself. To realize that I'm sorry at this point in time, you must grow up. You are no longer a child. And you don't get to be a child anymore because there is no one to look to. You simply must look to yourself and the way you do things and your understandings to create your own discipline. That includes looking at your mental health, creating more self-awareness, becoming a better you in whatever methodology or function that becomes. Working very small level discipline and the fact of like, okay, I realize that I don't get to be a fat slob. I need to actually be, you know, healthy and, um, 
to to help the community and to also put forth you know some sort of effort to be a better person morally ethically to not you know do the terrible things like murder and steal and no to represent yourself correctly in in the the community whatever you want to call that i could go on and on and off pissing off people off that no one will keep listening to me and i'm totally fine with that but fill in the fucking blanks here to get to that you might need to just be like all right well i want to get healthy right i want to i want to be a little bit more fit and so you might go to the gym and at that level you can still find some discipline you can find a trainer, a trainer who's going to push you. You're going to find an instructor who might be able to teach you a little bit of discipline. Maybe you'll go take a martial art, or maybe you'll join a sports team and find a good coach. Those level things still exist. When the discipline there starts to break down, it's over. That is, that's the end. That's the end of a civilization. It will not recover from that point. So we're very much on the cusp. And although I say, yes, discipline has died, I'm talking about at the macrocosm level. You cannot look to the three-letter organizations or the health bodies or, in some cases, even certain doctor groups or governing bodies, government employees, um, advocacy groups. It's all corrupted. It's all fucked up. All of it, top to bottom. Even the ones who are doing good, don't have enough time to help you because they're fighting against so much bad. And the good bad argument is all bullshit anyway. It needs to find balance and structure, conversation, discourse, all of these things I've talked about throughout and throughout this podcast. That's all bleh. It's all just bleh. It's just, it's just, it's just, it's, it's nonsensical. And so if you look there, you're always going to remain a child. And I don't think anyone, I mean, yeah, have childish action, have enjoy life, those types of things. But I don't think people enjoy just generally being child or being called childish or being a, a child in general, right? So you have to find the small community ideas of how to discipline yourself. And by disciplining yourself, you'll get more out of everything. Um, in training, in, you know, martial arts, in um, just general physical training with, you know, sports or uh, at a gym, we, there's a saying, what you put in is what you're going to get out. Everything you put in, you're going to get out of this, right? If you push yourself hard, you're going to get that level out of it. And so that's where self-control comes in. So when we talk about control gained by enforcing obedience or order, that's fucked. Orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior, also fucked. Um, I'm talking specifically about how health issues in the last, not just this pandemic thing, but all health issues have been gone on about all this climate control, wokeism, bullshit, all of these structures, which were control gained by enforcing obedience or order or orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior that the individuals prescribing were not also following, right? That's the level I'm talking about. That's all fucked. So coming down to the last piece, self-control. That is how you fight against those things, by having self-control. Not flying off the handle every time you hear a new piece of information. Not blowing up at a piece of information that you don't quite agree with because, you know, it somehow harms you mentally. Toughen up, buttercup. Um, you know, what levels of punishment are you willing to put yourself through? That's another disciplinary action, which is, includes self-control. To get better at martial arts, I was willing to put my body through things that maybe I, you know, maybe I should have thought a little harder about at the time. Happy I did it. But the level of training I put myself through created a hardened body. You know, I can take a hit and then I can dish out power. I can dish out a hit. 
I also have finesse and control. Um, all of these things came by putting my body through punishment, putting my body through pain. Pain is a very important part of growing up and we all should experience pain to some degree. Go back to my pain episode. I, I went on and on about it. Um, but that's the idea of discipline. That's it. So going back to my question, what is the action of or what is the discipline of your action? Sorry, I keep putting that wrong. And I know I do that a lot and I lose people because I, the wording doesn't work out. Let me slow that one down. What is the discipline of your actions? That's the self part. Are you trying to lose weight? So you're disciplining your caloric intake. Are you trying to save money? So instead of eating out, you're going to the grocery store and cooking your own meals. Are you trying to learn a new trade or skill. So instead of going out with your friends, you're studying. Are you trying to be better at a certain relationship? So instead of doing exactly what you want, you make a compromise or listen to the other individual or, you know, that's discipline of action. It's what Miyasashi talks about in the book of five rings. It's what almost every martial arts train. I would say every martial arts trains some sort of discipline of action. Next question. What is the discipline to your actions? Are you getting fucking annihilated every night and now you're on your third DUI and you've lost your license? Are you fighting an addiction and are seeing a constant strain of discipline to your actions? These things might key you into the fact that you need discipline of your actions, right? If you're constantly under duress due to the fact that something else is disciplining you and you're now outside of that child state, you're, you don't require that anymore. You've finally seen, oh, wait a minute. I can do this for myself. I don't need to look to outside influences to be able to dis discipline my actions or allow them to discipline my actions. I can discipline myself. Then you're moving out of being a child into being a young adult or, you know, adult in general, like, that's the stage of the game. So the question to ask is what is the discipline of my actions? And what is the discipline to my actions? Discipline can also include instruction, can also include a field of study, can also uh, include self-control, can also include uh, to train, develop by instruction or exercise, especially in self-control. So like the discipline to your actions could be beneficial things, right? So it's not, you know, it's not a fight here. It's not a fight against outside influence or discipline. It's an awareness structure of what's the discipline of my actions? Am I disciplining myself? Or what is the discipline to my actions? Am I just continuously allowing something else to discipline me? Because maybe I need to learn from that. Or maybe that system is incorrect. But that also requires discipline of action. So I think I've made it pretty, pretty succinct here. Which one's a little bit more important? Discipline of your actions. That is what leads to self-control. That is what leads to self-awareness. That's what leads to mental health. That's what leads to a, just a better you in some way or another. Is to discipline your own actions. And you can no longer rely on looking to outside influences to figure that out. So I'm sorry the age of being a child, whenever you want to be a child, no longer exists. Because the rule of the powerful elite 
is ending one and two just has been and continues to be incorrect. Right. All of these structures are bullshit and, and they're going to come, come collapsing down very quickly. That's what I'm talking about. When I talk about the, the, uh, you know, downfall of like the Roman society and the, um, just all of these things, when those structures that were put in place incorrectly get found out for what they are, they quickly crumble away. That is in and of itself its own disciplinary action. That's why discipline is a balanced structure. And we're moving into that now. We're moving into the requirement for you, the individual, to discipline yourselves and to understand what that means and how disciplinary structures work to have discipline. Once that occurs and reformulates itself, if it does, I don't know. I, I don't necessarily think humanity has it in them to do that right now. We'll see what happens. Uh, humanity to me, in some cases, is a fucking lost cause at this point. But if the individual can discipline themselves, a whole new thing occurs. A ground up representation of discipline happens when that has occurred in civilizations or uh, in economies, in political structures, great periods of time have occurred. The Renaissance, the um, post um, essentially the Edo period, the post warring state period of Japan, um, the heightened part of the Ming dynasty before the Manchu, uh, the Manchu invasion, um, the great industrial revolution, the, I think it's already said Renaissance period. Um, all of these periods that we would consider golden ages came from some sort of self-control individual disciplinary set that built upon what was already occurring and allowed for a new affluential piece to then erupt into society. Unfortunately, we are in the collapsing stage, but all things are waveform. Everything ebbs and flows. That's also what discipline talks about. I think in an overarching scheme, you can look at the fact that those individuals who thought it was okay to lie, to cheat, to steal, to corrupt, to coerce, to make it all about them and not about anyone else and to just fuck everybody else over and talk nonsense and bullshit and not follow that with their actions, to not have the discipline to do or say the things that they were talking about, to walk the walk, if you will they are now going to be disciplined. They are not going to enjoy the discipline that comes from that because that discipline comes from the individual to the group and not from the group down to the individual. And so everything that they use to keep their political power, to keep their affluential situation, to keep their quote unquote fake necessity in the social order will come collapsing down because that's the disciplinary action that they deserve, that they didn't build something that was real. They were snake oil salespeople. And so the disciplinary backlash of that is something like the Nuremberg trials, is something like the uh, the end of the Medici reign in France, the beheadings, the um, use of the guillotine. It is the just end of the Roman Senate, um, all sorts of different political structures, power structures, and systems that came collapsing down due to poor discipline of themselves, but also not doing the disciplinary things they were talking about. Have, they have recoil. They have backlash. That's coming. 
very quickly. What that looks like, I don't know. And am I asking for you to go out and to be violent? No, none of that nonsense. I want you to be disciplined. I want you to look at news articles and be like, mm, you know what? I don't know if I believe all that. Let me, let me either do some more research or put it aside. If I don't quite understand it, maybe I'll put it aside. I'll, I'll, I'll not react to the bullshit. I'll not react to the propaganda. I'll not react to the coercion. I'll not react to the cor corruption. I'll not react to that influential asshole on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter thinking that they're better than I am and telling me what I should do with my life. I, I'm not going to react to that. I'm going to educate myself. I'm, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to get healthy. I'm going to, you know, save my money, not buy fruitless, frivolous bullshit. I'm, I'm going to be a disciplined person because if you don't learn how to do that right now, I can tell you nearly factually, you will not do well over the next 20 years. You will not do well over the next 10 years. You will probably not do well over the next 15 to 16 months because that is coming and it is coming quickly. And it is going to be a chaotic period. Now, remember what I say about chaos, though. Chaos is the point at which chance is supreme. That is Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. You can go look that up. Chaos is infinite possibility. And so if I give you infinite possibility without discipline, you're going you're gonna to flail inside of it. And you're going to use the negative conceptual ideas. You're going to say, oh, chaos is fucking horrible. It's crazy. It's terrible. I want nothing to do with it. Chaos. Er. Or if you're a disciplined individual, you're going to look at it and you're going to go, oh, this is my chance. Here's my moment. I'm finally going to get my tower moment. If we talk about the tarot deck, I'm going to get my moment. And what you do with it is up to you. So what is the discipline of your actions? And how do you get out of discipline to your actions? How do you get away from that structure and get discipline of your actions? How do you discipline yourself? How do you do it? And then eventually, you know how I am with why questions. I don't ask why questions because they're spiritual, subjective questions. You can then add that question in. Why should I be a disciplined individual? Why does that matter to you? Why could that matter to you? Because it's a very important question. Once you figure out the first pieces of that, how to discipline your own self, why you discipline yourself becomes very, very important to your mental health and your self-awareness. Uh, self that was the part that I struggled with for the longest time was figuring out, okay, yeah, all this discipline stuff is working out pretty well for me, but why am I disciplining myself? A lot of people fall into the trap of because I want to be better than everybody else. And I'm not saying that I didn't fall in that trap for a little while. Eventually I learned it's because I want peace of mind. I don't want to have to deal with strife and turmoil all the time. I don't want to have to deal with the anxiety of, did I do the right thing? Did I do the wrong thing? None of that. Because that's all discipline to my actions. When the group is disciplining me, that's when anxiety occurs. That's when I'm like, oh no, did I, did I say the wrong thing? Did I, did I interrupt that person? Did I make them not like me? Did I? That's when the anxiety builds. That's when feeling like you did the wrong thing occurs. Collapsing in on ourselves and having no self-worth or self-value. That's when all of these things occur. When we allow that outside influence, the discipline to our actions. Because we didn't have discipline of action. When I speak now, I speak specifically. And I don't worry about what people think. Because I know I'm correctly 
referencing who I am, what I'm about, all of that. I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. I don't care. I probably did something right to make you not like me so that you have to go think about the things that I said. That's one way of using coercion in that regard. I can use, I try not to do those types of things, but I can use that methodology, right? I can be uh, an orator. That who, that, those who speak abruptly and get people to pay attention. I can play devil's advocate. I can do all those things. In my bodywork practice, I absolutely want you to like me, but I still do the methods that I should do to help the individual, even if they don't like them to the regard of like, you know, they are in control of the situation. They can always be like, oh, I don't really like that technique. I don't like that pressure. You know, this isn't working for me. They get to decide all that. That's they're always in charge, but I don't shy away from using a technique. Cause I'm like, mm, I don't know if they're going to like this. No, I, I simply come to them and I say, Hey, I have this technique. I have this style of methodology. You know, we can try it. What do you think? Here it is. I don't, just go, oh, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to not say anything about that one. That's not helping them in any way. Now, think about that when it comes to the modern medical system and advice that has been given recently about certain topics or other topics in history. There are a lot of information is about to come out that's really going to fuck with people. And that's why I'm bringing this up now. This understanding of discipline, this, this, this methodology that you can use, whatever it might be, it could simply be, here's a, here's a disciplinary. I'm trying to give you uh, this entire time. I've been trying to figure out like, well, what kind of like mini discipline thing can I give out? Cause if I'm talking about that whole regard, like the whole situation where you've gotten to the point of, seeing how discipline to your actions can really fuck with you mentally or your mental health. And so you need that discipline of action to better become aware of that and have a better mental health situation. Here's a practice for you. Bedtime routine. Part of that bedtime routine should not include going over news and following your influencers and stuff like that. None of that. It should include something you enjoy that helps you get to bed. Not riles you up, none of that. If it's reading, great. Try, you know, not, uh, try fiction over nonfiction, you know, fantasy stories, that type of stuff. If it is nonfiction, keep it light. Probably a good idea. You know, and just this is just a general guideline. Figure it out for yourself, but have the discipline of having a nighttime routine that gets you ready for bed. Half hour, 45 minutes, an hour, if you can. Just a routine. You know, if it's get a shower, brush your teeth, sit down, read a little bit, you know, whatever the routine is, and just do it consistently over and over and over again. Because getting good quality sleep it really will help you with your mental health and self-awareness states. It'll help you in your body. It'll help, you know, it's just a really good practice. So that's a great part to learn discipline. A very small thing, but it's a daily thing. It's a daily exercise. That's why the Stoics talk about their daily Stoic activities. That's why meditators talk about it's frequency over uh, or frequency or consistency over intensity. Try to build some discipline. I'm trying to keep these shorts. We're at the hour mark here. Uh, I can just keep on going and going and going. But the point is the discipline of your actions is the most important part. So you need to find a way to discipline yourself. Because without the discipline, you can't make controlled change. You can't correlate your choices into the change you're looking for, as I talked about 
way back at the beginning of this podcast uh, when I talked about choice and change, episodes eight and nine. Change is begotten by the correlation of our choices. And so if your choices are disciplined, you are more likely to get the change you're looking for. It's, it's, it's really that simple. And so I leave you with all of that. I leave you to go ruminate and to chew on and to, to just, just delve into and grind at this idea of disciplined. Because even that is a disciplinary state. To really dive in, not to the words I've spoken, but the concepts and the, and the principles you might even glean from it. The way you can use it for you, not just because I told you to. Because you as the individual deserve to do that for yourself. It's a gift you can give yourself. And yes, you do deserve it. If you do need that from me, I will give it to you. You fucking deserve it. You can't look to the other outside influence. This is, this is just you and me right now. Yeah, somebody else could be listening to this, but this is just you and me right now. When it comes to the level of communal or community discipline, this is it. You and I are a tribe of two right here in this conversation, and I'm telling you, you deserve to give yourself that discipline. It will help you become who you want to be or even become a better platform for you to understand yourself and then become who you want to be. Even if that just includes getting a little bit of better sleep. Right? So you deserve that. Please go practice it. Please go try it out. Look up all sorts of different methodologies and ways and frequency, consistency over intensity. 15 minutes every day compared to three hours on a Sunday. All right. I'm going to discipline myself at stopping this episode here because I could just go on and on and on, but I'm trying to keep it within the hour mark somewhere. That's my disciplinary action to myself. If you want to support the podcast, please head over to purebulk.com and use uh, coupon code taming hindrances for 10% off your order. Check out Cliff High's Pure Sleep, a great way to get awesome sleep. Uh, I did a review on it. You can check over to the YouTube channel, taming, uh, YouTube uh, slash taming hindrances. I have a full review there. You can head over to taminghindrances.com slash archive, where I have a plethora of resources, some in which you might look at to find some disciplinary methods check that out. Um, if you want to leave me a review, that would be awesome. I really could use that. That's super beneficial. Leave me a review on whatever your preferred pot, uh, form for podcasts is. Uh, if you would like me to discipline a group of people, if you would like me to instruct a group of people on some of the things I talk about, I am open for booking. You can head over to taminghindrances.com slash contact and fill out the booking. Um, form there and I will get back to you about whatever event it is that you think I should come speak at. Uh, what else? That's about it. Yeah. Go discipline. Be disciplined. Discipline. I'll catch you on the next one. <laughs>